Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about 4 Online. For over a decade, 4 Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so go get outfitters today. So visit them online at 4WheelOnline or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's 4WheelOnline, the number 4WheelOnline. This is the Hard Parking Podcast, Other Side of the Wheel, brought to you by Raihana out of Scottsdale, Arizona. In studio with me today is friend of the show, relatively new listener, and actually the winner of the shirt, Mr. Drew Bunk. Did I call you Bunk or Bunkley? <laughs> Bunkley. Bunkley's good. Drew Bunk is uh, just my short tag for my uh, Instagram and stuff. Well, thanks for coming into the studio, and thanks for being a listener to the show. When I get into some of the things that you have going on, you're actually the social media highlight of the week. And that is brought to you by the Cell Shop. Cell Shop is an Arizona-based retailer that strives to be your destination of choice for wireless services. Visit them at cellshop.us at C-E-L-L-S-H-O-P.us. So welcome to the Heart Parking Podcast Studios. Thanks, Jay. Really appreciate being out here. You've also been really good at jumping on and uh, really participating, contributing to our One Drink Wednesdays that I do with Wes Tankersley. So that's been really good to have you on there. So your Instagram handle is C8 Matrix, and you're on your second C8 Corvette? Correct. Yep. So tell us what you have parked outside right now and why. And then we're going to get into why the C8 is so special to you because it is a badass car. Yeah, I'm loving the car. I have Right now, I've got a 21 C8. Uh, it's the HTC hardtop convertible Z51 a 2LT. It's a shadow gray. Um, the first one was a ceramic matrix and that's how the matrix got it. The IG hat came <laughs> ceramic matrix, ceramic matrix. Gray was the first car. I wonder where they come up with like, Wouldn't it be nice to have a job just naming colors? I'm telling you, <laughs> right? Cause this shadow gray looks blue. <laughs> it does have a kind of a, a, a bluish, a bluish look to it. Although it's, it's like, like slate, right? Is it slate kind of, cause it's a natural color. It kind of has a blue like a super dark grayish blue. And then the interior is that what's the, it's not white. It's, it's called cool gray. Okay. Yep. But it looks, it's, it almost looks white in contrast to the dark gray. Right. Yeah. It's a real light gray, light interior. I purposely got that in the first car, which I built because I, the Arizona heat. So I want the lighter mm -hmm. car, lighter interior, just to keep the vehicle cool. You're the general manager at Fountain Hills Motorsports. GM, Fountain Hills Motorsports. I'm also a licensed wholesaler. So own my own business, plus I run somebody else's. There you go. <laughs> I get to use his money and play with his money during the week. <laughs> there you go. Tell the listeners about your fascination for the C8. So I've always loved C8s. I mean, uh, Corvettes, I should say. Growing up, uncles, you know, had the Corvettes. I had a neighbor had a split window. So I got my first Corvette, which was a C6 in 2008, and had that car out here. I shipped it from Atlanta, where I was living at at the time, moved here, loved it, always have been a Corvette fan, and I was pretty much looking at getting a C7, 
you have to understand though, I drive these cars all the time. Mm -hmm. So I buy them to sell at work. So that's like the car that I drive when, you know, I'm taking uh, the weekend or taking something to a car show. I try to do the car meetups, the cars for coffees. So I'll usually drive a Corvette and it just made sense when this vehicle came out, just the, you know, everything that was being said about the hype, you couldn't even drive one. I got my first one and had never driven one. So I knew what I wanted though. Just sure. Yeah. It just knowing cars, reading the reviews, seeing the specs. So it was really to me just a fascination with the vehicle. So go back to the C6. What did you have? Was it the Stingray, the Grand Sport, the Z06, the ZR1? Yeah, I, was, I didn't have that much money back then. <laughs> <laughs> I had a base Corvette. I bought it brand new. It was 50000 and I got a, probably got a discount because the dealer had a ton of them on the lot. And, yeah, it was just a base Corvette, had the T-tops. Um, but it, when you're in a Corvette, it's a Corvette. Right. What color was it? It was the orange color, atomic orange. Well, that's a beautiful color. It was awesome. There's a few of them around. There were, there were a few of them around. A couple guys had, I think, I think one was a Z06, or maybe they both were Z06s. Right. It was, when I bought that car, they had a, a ZL1 on the showroom. And that was a fascination of me, you know, with that glass hood. Right. And that engine showing, yep. that supercharger up yep. front. So when they put it in the mid-engine and put the glass back there, you know, it just took it to another level. I got to tell you, so with regards to skipping the C7, I think, I mean, the C8's growing on me. I don't think it's ugly. I've talked about it a few times in past shows over the last couple of years. It's got some weird angles. But for me, the C7, specifically like a C7 Z06, when I see it rolling down the road, I'm every still, to this day, I'm like, damn good looking car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Don't care for the, the super aggressive styling of the, of the, uh, the ZR1 version of it. But I'll also admit that when the C8 was coming out, I probably, along with millions of others or hundreds of thousands of others, said, why are people rushing to get this car? It's a badass car, but it, there's going to be like 50 of them on every lot. <laughs> now, I don't know if it's because of the chip shortage which, that we'll talk about later or what, but that is definitely not the case. Yeah, they're impossible to get. I mean, you're, I'm in line for two more, but I'm 12 to 18 months out. That's insane, but that's cool. Yeah. You know, and I mean, shit, they're getting ready to, was it delayed? The, the, is it, they're still calling it the Z06, like the next version up. Has it been delayed? I think. No. So they're announcing the official pricing, mm -hmm. I believe next week, um, okay. sometime this month. The Z06 is due out in 2023. Okay. So not next year production, the year after. And they're also coming out with the E-Ray which is really the car I want, which is a- uh, Is that has, the hybrid? It's the hybrid. All-wheel so, drive. So that's the one where they're, they're actually sharing technology with Honda or Acura. Have you seen that? I need to check it out. <laughs> yeah, so that's, you know, so I had Nate, a, a friend of mine, Nathan Robertson, was on here, and the first time he was on, or maybe it was the second time, I'm trying to think of how the studio was situated, but we were talking about it, and he said, I wouldn't be surprised if the NSX was going away because it's a halo car and they used it for its technology and it's being put in everything else. And he was hundred percent right. And he had brought up the fact that I don't remember if he said Honda or Acura. I mean, it's kind of the same, but they're still kind of different. Mm -hmm. 
if they were if they had some exchanges with GM. And I'm pretty sure that that because um, there, there's a photo that surfaced online with a NC1 is what we call the new NSX, the NC1 next to the E-Ray, and the E-Ray is actually borrowing some of the technology off the off the NSX. It would that's make what, sense. That's, yeah, that's what they've been saying. Because so. it's going to be all-wheel drive. It's going to have the uh, hybrid assist um, so to drive the front wheels. And that's really, everyone's focused on the Z06 for the raw power. Sure. Um, but I'm really, I've already called my dealers. I've got deposits in. I said, listen, let me know when the E-Ray, you know, is available for deposit. That's, I want to be like first for that at sure. this store. You know, everyone wants the Z06. I'd rather wait for that. Let's switch gears. Talk a little bit about you and your history. You, how long have you been in Arizona? First came to Arizona in 89. Actually graduated high school at Saguaro. Okay. And then you left and came back because right. you said you came from Atlanta with the, the C6? I've been all around. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm originally from Michigan, Detroit. Oh, where about? Okay, Detroit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we left there when I was 12. Right. Moved to Syracuse, New York, upstate. My uh, stepfather is a car dealer. Okay. So he was a new car franchise owner. We moved to Syracuse. And then in 89, we came here to Scottsdale. And uh, my stepfather had uh, three car dealerships on Bell Road back in the early 90s. So that was, um, that was a fun time. Uh, it was Scott, Olds, Buick, and Isuzu. And since then, you know, he's retired and I've just kind of carried things on. But yeah, I lived in Atlanta for a while. Had a couple stores there. General manager at some large franchise stores. And this is really home. My mom lives here. My stepfather's still are here. So been back and forth, mainly between here and Atlanta. So you've seen a lot of things. Like, what are some of the big differences? And I ask a lot of people this about the car scene specifically. Like, how would you describe the difference? And here's, here's the one thing that a lot of car, casual car people, and even people who aren't into cars, they think that every car person is the same. And there are absolutely subcultures of the car community. I had described it once as walking into this giant building, like a giant mall, like the mall, like the biggest Costco in the world. Just and then on the outside, it says car community. Mm -hmm. You walk in the door and there's a ton of different places to go where people do things different. So whether you have the donks or you have the, the stance, you have the, I forgot what we were calling in the last episode where the wheels are bowed out. You know, you have the people that as much, the more chrome you can get, the better. Mm -hmm. And you have the people that the less chrome you can get, like the concourse like the Fountain Hills event that they have every year. Where have you been along that line? Where, where do you identify, just to kind of play, play with a, a current theme here, you know, what do you identify as in the car community? So I am into the performance cars and I don't do a lot of modifications. I'm, because I'm a reseller. Mm -hmm. You have to understand, I don't change my cars much. So when it comes to doing modifications on the vehicles, I enjoy other people's, but I don't personally do right. it just because I have limits on what I can do when I'm, you know, with vehicles. My personal cars that I've had normally- Just getting ready to ask you about that. Yeah, normally performance-minded cars. And so that's my community. You know, I came up in the, uh, the Chevy community had Camaros back in the nineties and stuff like that. And all my friends, they all had the, remember the W I think it was a W like a WS6 W yeah. The WS6, the Pontiac, yep. the 
Firebirds. Yep. Yep. So those were the kind of cars that, and the kind of people that I hung out with, we drove the muscle cars. What has been your favorite? This is a very generic question, but what has been your favorite car that you've had? And because of your family and, and people in your family doing dealerships and things of that nature before you could even drive, has there, do you have any like cars of your, like your own personal, personal cars or, or basically every car you get, you kind of enjoy, but it's, it's basically enjoy for a certain amount of time before you sell it and grab something else. That's the hard part for me because I do go through a lot of cars. Mostly I'm buying cars for resale. Mm -hmm. So I drive a lot of different vehicles, but personally I do like the Corvette that's here now. Yeah. That car is in my name. The one before that I purchased, I just bought my wife an Audi e-tron, which I'm getting fixed up. Um, Cadillac CTS, I had BMW five series, you know, you have to realize though, now I am. So my family has shrunk. Mm -hmm. Kids are off to college sure. and they're adults now. So prior to that, I always had a four door sedan. So I would try to get something that had some type of performance, like a CTS, right? you know, CTS V BMW 550. Those type of vehicles were what I would enjoy driving. I still wanted the power behind me. Mm -hmm. but still have the luxury. So I was always into the luxury vehicles, whether it was Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Lexus, and getting into the performance-minded vehicles, the coupes like the Corvette and the Camaros were something that I had to kind of do on the side, you know? So, you know, I've always uh, enjoyed those type of cars, but I've had a variety of different vehicles from Bentley, GTs, um, how are, how are those Bentleys? Are we talking about like the Bentley GT, like the coupe, like the two door? Yeah. Bentley GT coupes. Uh, they're fun. They're powerful V10s. Um, the worst part about them is driving them and, and having something hit the windshield. You know, you got oh. a $3,000 glass to replace. So <laughs> there's some cars that even though I want to drive them and enjoy them, I'm paranoid to drive. Them. Sure. So I try to keep vehicles, um, you know, that aren't going to be that. I'm not going to have that much risk involved in if something gets damaged, you know, it's going to be fairly easy and simple to repair. What was on your wall growing up? You have car posters? I did. I was a Knight Rider fan. <laughs> so did you, get, did you eventually get the eighties Trans Am? I always wanted, I did have one, but I didn't get the light in the front. I always used to want the one that had the digital light going across right. the, that front air scoop. <laughs> That was, there's a guy with an NSX in California who's done that. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it since, but that was always the car I wanted. I actually ended up with the Camaro Z28, which to me was close enough. So we're talking the eighties, like the IROC style. IROC, yep. Yeah, man, boy, you, I don't know if you were disappointed or not, but the eighties were not a good time for American muscle. <laughs> no, things got smaller, you know, the Mustangs, they went to four cylinders. Yeah. It was uh, not a good look. The Mustangs, Camaros, and Corvettes were all, I, I kind of like their look though. You know, they're kind of sleek still, but man, that's a car that like you can pull up, like, I mean, you know, I have an NSX, right? You could pull up in some cars and people will just look at it like, oh man, that's, that's really cool. But I think if someone pulls up to the car meet in like an IROC and it's, and, and it's just, it's not like a, a good, like. I don't want to say good old boys because that's, that's not a good term. But if it's not an American heritage style car meet, people are going to look at it a little sideways. <laughs> <laughs> and 
it's funny. I saw a Firebird on the road yesterday coming home, and it had the uh, Ram Air cold air induction. And I just had to slow down. You know, it was a lady driving. She pulled up next to me, and I just had to admire it. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, that thing took me back. But if you remember the Mitsubishi Starion. Hell yeah, the Starions. Starion. And the, who else? <laughs> The, the, was it the Supra and the Sterion like, were almost the same of that generation? They were super boxy. So they did a joint venture. I believe it was with- Or Conquest. Uh, I think it was Dodge. Yeah, there's like a Conquest a and a Sterion yeah. that looked very similar. So that was, that was one of the cars that I, I fascinated with. I owned one of those. And I, the um, Volkswagen, what was that Volkswagen? The two, two-door- It's Corrado? Corrado. It's been a yeah, while. It was the 90s. It was a 90s, 90s darling that was whooping the shit out of every other sport compact car at the yep. time. What car did you fancy that you were not able to get? Like, there's always a car that's just a little bit out of reach. Do you have any of those cars or you just kind of stay within like where your, your reach, I guess? I don't want to say I don't. Like a slant nose Porsche or something, you know, that was just ridiculously priced at the time. Back then, I'll tell you, I never even looked at exotics like Porsches. And they just weren't in my league, Got you know. It. I yeah. mean, I was just average Joe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Trying to trying to pay a twenty thousand dollar car loan. You got to daydream a little bit, man. <laughs> like I used to, I subscribed to Road and Tracks Exotic Cars quarterly when I was probably thirteen or fourteen. You know, and so I would just fancy like the the vectors and shit, and then I would always buy a, a Dupont Registry. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that was like the rich man's Auto Trader is what I called it. See, I think for me, obviously, I fascinated about all those cars. Uh, Lamborghini, Ferraris, Porsches. But I got in the car business selling cars when I was 21. So at that stage in my life, I kind of was just more focused on what manufacturer I worked for. Right. At 22, I went and worked for Mercedes-Benz. This was in Syracuse. I was the youngest salesperson there and bought my first Mercedes. And then I got fascinated with the BMWs, like the 8 Series. I had all of a sudden stepped up my clientele to my customer bases were coming from average people like me to doctors and lawyers. And they're pulling in, in the eight series BMW. Like the big 850 and stuff. And all those are sweet. Yep. So, you know, at that point, that was the car that I really always wanted to have. Was never got it. Never got it. They're out there. I was looking the other day and they're kind of all over the place, but man, I think you could pick one up for like 20 or 30. They're probably not that expensive, right. but I don't care for them now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They look great. Could be a maintenance nightmare. Now, I've said of, of BMWs, and I don't know if you've experienced this, that they kind of have a short shelf life. And a lot of times they have the same issues year after year after year. Have you seen any of that in, in mm-hmm. what you do? Yeah, sure. I mean, the BMW, the 7 Series, certain certain years, the uh, that 8-cylinder had a lot of oil leaks and a lot of issues. I go through a lot of different cars when I have everything inspected. So yeah, I get recommendations from the dealers, from the service departments, what to look for, what to not purchase and those sort of things. So it's known in the community, you know, those type of vehicles that have certain issues that are prone to those kind of cars. So there it is right there. Mr. Drew Bunkley letting you guys know he's been doing this shit. Generations they've been dealing with cars. So don't think I'm crazy when I say BMW guys know the truth. And non-BMW guys know the truth. I like BMWs. Every time they release something, even, I'm not really big on the giant grill, but I'm not alone on that. But, man, it's, that's a car, especially like the last five or six years, when you see it rolling down the street, 
that's an impressive as looking vehicle too, in my opinion. Yeah, the M series, that new M4 with the uh, large grill. I don't want to call it the Beaver teeth, but that's what is that what the people are calling it? I'm that's not what they're calling it. That, yeah. <laughs> but it's a phenomenal car. I mean, the BMW, any of the M series, the M3, M4, M6, M8. Yeah, they're awesome cars. Um, when it comes to higher mileage on the vehicle, the thing you have to look at, what I look at when I'm buying cars is the service, mm-hmm. how that car was maintained. Right. Normally your first Matters. owner. Yeah, definitely. Normally your first owner is going to take care of that car because it's under warranty. They've got either they plan on keeping it a while. They may have bought some kind of plan. So the car's regularly in the shop for normal maintenance. It's when it gets to the third and fourth earn owner, you've got people that couldn't afford a hundred thousand dollar car. They're picking it up for forty, but they're not used to maintenance on a hundred thousand dollar car. Right, it's a huge difference. The total cost of ownership is a bitch. So, want to get into some car news? What you got? So I figured having you in here. We could talk a little bit about the chip shortage before we give you an opportunity to kind of plug your social media and then the random thought of the week and get out of here. So how is that affecting, does that affect your specific dealership or you just see it affect everybody else? Like how is that affecting you? Because it's getting worse, I think. It is getting worse um, from projections. They're saying the this last quarter is going to be worse than it was, you know, all year. So going into next year, who knows what's going to happen. but it definitely affects all dealers and being an independent dealer. What's happening is I'm having to fight against the larger companies that are having to shift to more used car inventory. So since I buy a lot of higher end vehicles, BMW, Mercedes, those sort of things, I'm competing with the new car franchise stores and they're, they've got deeper pockets than I do. Right. So what's happening is the car pricing on the wholesale land is going up along with everyone else. So, it is difficult, but I hate to say this, people are paying what we're asking. Sure. And until that stops, we'll still keep pushing along. I mean. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, so with the limited supply of vehicles in the new car and the used car market, people are buying cars because one, they obviously need the vehicle, but they're making a purchase based off of emotion and also fear that they won't be able to get something. So they're paying more, not that we're charging more, but we're paying more for the vehicles also. Um, I hate to say it though, but this probably has been our most profitable year. Yeah, I've seen it affect the the rental car market. So I'm used to, you know, I have status. So usually when I grab a car, it's usually a brand new car with a little miles. And I, I've been getting cars that they're still good cars. I look down and they're like 30, 40,000 miles, which is insane when you're dealing with, Hertz or national rental car. You know? Right. And last year they sold off all their inventory. Yeah. So all the rental car companies sold off their inventory. Me as a wholesaler, I've had a couple cars that I've actually sold to the rental companies. Used cars that I've had on my lot that I may have ran back at the auction due to overage. And the purchaser was a uh, enterprise. Right. So they can't get fleet deals right now. Right. There's no, there's no cars. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's no cars. Yeah. You know, there's nothing for them to do except for go back out and repurchase cars that they sold. You just said fleet. And maybe you can answer this question for me. When you look at the top selling vehicles, and they're always like the Ford F-150 and stuff, 
in that statistic. Are they counting fleet sales? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Cause it's like, okay, they're selling 850,000 trucks. I don't see 850,000 new Ford F-150s. It's gotta be fleet sales. Right. Yeah. They're fleet sales. That's why the, uh, you remember back to the Ford Taurus. Yeah. Uh, it used to be one of the number one selling cars in America, but it was based off of majority fleet sales. Yeah. So it's kind of a, it's kind of one of those numbers that you get, but there's more, there's always more to it. You know, kind of like LeBron James has scored more points than Michael Jordan. So he's better. Although he's played a kajillion more years. Sorry. It's just my little side, <laughs> side thing on that. I can definitely tell by the colors in the uh, studio. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the studio is kind of Chicago bullsy color. It's not by, not by design. I don't think. But these these colors, these black and reds and grays, just visually to me are better. Let's get to the random thought of the week. So I don't know if you have one. If you do, we'll get it out. It could be anything that you've experienced on the road. It could be anything you've experienced in a waiting room at a doctor's office. It's just a random thought of the week, and it's kind of fun. So, as the studio guest, if you have, do you have one chambered? I'm assuming I got one, but uh, I don't know if it's a random thought or a pet peeve. But I hate the state of Arizona allowing large rigs, 18 wheelers to ride in the left lane. I see it all the time when I'm traveling. Some States it's illegal for an 18 wheeler to be in the far left lane before the HOV lane. I see it all the time in Phoenix. You've got a large 18 wheeler. They're in that lane and I like to go fast and they're in my way. (laughs) Now, hold on, hold on. So look, there is no technical, there's no fast lane. It's what they tell us. But we all know that that inside lane is the, the, in fact, slower traffic, keep right. Exactly. So that's the premises of traffic on the interstate. If you're going slower, you keep to the right. If you're a large trucks, you stay, if you've got four lanes of traffic, why do you need to be, especially when there's no one to your right? right. That's the part that really bugs me. That's a pet peeve. And that is a random thought. And I, that I've been working with that thought for about three weeks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, when you have one, let me know. I always have a, my thought is a little less cool because I don't want to necessarily attack people, but as someone who does a craft, the podcast, YouTube, whatever, when peers come up and people are going to hear this and people are going to hear this, who have said this to me and they said, Hey Jay, how's the podcast? It kind of frustrates me because my initial thought, and this is, might be a little unfair, but this is my random thought. It's my, it's my thought. It's my show. Like, how about you listen to the podcast and you'll know how the <laughs> podcast is going. I put little nuggets out there sometimes specifically for people who are listening. And it's just kind of a frustrating thing. So, I mean, it could be a pet peeve and it could be unfair to some people because I know, I know that here's the thing. So when you do a craft, and I've talked about this before, it's like when you sell candy bars when you're a kid. You know, your parents are going to buy one. Your next door neighbors are going to buy one. Whoever your, your parents take to, to work is going to buy it. But once you get two and three blocks over, that's when they don't care about you. They want to, either they want the candy or they don't. Right. So I don't expect everybody who knows me to consume my podcast. I don't accept, expect everyone who knows me to watch my YouTube channel. But if you don't, and you're just trying to start a conversation, that's, that's a sore spot. Because I'm not pulling down 50,000 downloads an episode. It's not, it, it, I'm still grassroots, mm-hmm. but that's almost like, an, and maybe it's an unfair way. Tell me if I'm being unfair, but it's an unfair way of saying, well, gee, thanks for the support. I love the show. I just tuned in. You know, I really just came into um, 
meeting you on social media maybe a few months ago. So at that point, knowing you had the podcast, I've checked it out. I listened to it. It's on Mondays, everybody, if you don't know. <laughs> I check it in on my ride to work. This one's dropping on Tuesday because of, <laughs> because of Labor Day. So yeah, I've got an hour drive. So I definitely like to listen to his podcast. And um, I've got some other of my favorites that I divide each day. So Monday through Friday, I'd have uh, certain shows I listen to, and yours has become one of them. Well, I appreciate that. And I, and I don't expect people to listen to every episode either, to be fair. I have some favorite shows, national shows, that I haven't listened to in a long time, months. But I have them auto-downloaded auto and I do listen to them. So I do, you know, I, I understand. But it's like, if you haven't listened to one in six or seven months, maybe check in and listen to it. Yeah, give, so, it, a, give it a like and comment. Yeah, because those, those mean a lot. So you have a YouTube channel. We'll get you out of here on this. Um, people want to follow you, they can follow you on Instagram at C8Matrix. Unless you want them to also follow you at, at Drew Bunk. It's up to you. Either one's good. C8 Matrix is going to be a lot more updates on the cars and the things that I'm doing as far as the car community goes. The other one's my personal page, kind of see my life and what we do, me and my wife. So, And then you have Drew's Garage, which is the YouTube channel. That is my YouTube channel, Drew's Garage. I have a very large garage. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not, uh, you know physical garage, but because of all the cars that I right. go through, you know what I mean? So that's why I named it Drew's Garage. And yeah, I try to tend to do uh, car reviews, basic stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and then I got the C8 and it just kind of went from there. So yeah. And you, you go to Mexico every once in a while to try out the new cars. Yeah. I'm right near the border. Yeah. We are, we yeah. are near the border. So we're yeah, we're right near the border, so he, he takes his cars down there and, and tries them out a little bit. So I urge you guys to, to go ahead and check that out. Drew, I want to thank you for coming by the studio and, and being a guest on the Hard Parking Podcast. Jay, thanks for the shirt. Appreciate coming by, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. If you like what you guys heard today between myself and Mr. Drew, subscribe to the podcast if it's your first time listening. Then go tell a friend about it. Come back each week as we have a different show. I want to thank Wright Honda out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Higher quality detail at Simply Arizona. Boosterbath.com, FoolOnline.com, TongueTreats.com, Cellshot Wireless Services, The Credit Mix, Patreon business supporter, Cuyo Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida. If you're in a position, if you are in a position, I fucked that up all the time. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, join the Patreon, Patreon.com, Hard Parking Podcast. Access to bonus audio and some swag. In fact, Mr. Drew got some swag today for coming in. What'd you get? You got a coaster, a sticker over there, a really cool hologram sticker. Definitely got some things we're going to take advantage of. This will definitely come in handy. The coasters <laughs> always come in handy. Yeah, they always come in. And come in handy. I will support this t-shirt. This is a very nice quality shirt. Yeah, I heard you uh, talking about it. So I definitely, right? when no one had picked it up, I was like, well, we haven't really met till today. And so I'm like, I might qualify for this. Thank you. You qualify for it. Yeah, that's a next level premium suede style shirt. So that's a soft, it's probably as soft a shirt as you're going to get. And that's a, that's a tearaway tag on there too. Awesome. So just the, so it doesn't bother the back of your neck. I love it. Right that's, here. That's a pain in the ass. Oh, the yeah. QR code. <laughs> yeah. That takes you, the QR code takes you right to the website or actually to the, to the podcast host for now. And then special thanks to Wright Honda for helping, helping offset the cost on those shirts. I can't grow without you telling the world how great the show is. So let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. And uh, hopefully you all had a good Labor Day. It's actually my 17-year wedding anniversary. And I'll talk to you guys next week.
Now it's stripping time. Shut up! Hey, this is Levi Epps, hashtag Mr. Financial Freedom of the Credit Mix here with a special offer for hard parking podcast fans. If you've been living with less than perfect credit for having evictions, late payments, bankruptcies, doesn't matter what it is. If it's something that negatively impacts your credit score and you're not able to get approvals for certain things, or maybe you got to pay large deposits and high interest rates, we don't want that to be you anymore. We have a program that will legally get negative items off of your credit report and keep them off. And we have a special code for a free consultation to see if we can help you. Text HP Credit to 737-4-CREDIT. That's HP Credit to 737-427-3348. Let's get you back on the road to financial freedom. Are you tired of blowing out your back at the bathtub while washing your dog or subjecting your canine to a water torture bath while leashed up to a post outside? Now there's a far more effective way to wash your pet while saving your back and keeping your dog happy. It's called Booster Bath a portable bathtub on legs. Head over to boosterbath.com, one word, and pick one up. Available in three sizes, this tub system features a drain, a soap cubby, and water controlling wand. This tub conveniently breaks down to be stored when not in use. Want to save 10% on your first time purchase? Head over and sign up today to make that happen. Boosterbath.com. 